You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest with regards to Granite Xhaka's injury. The club have had their say on how long exactly Granite Xhaka is likely to be sidelined for. We're also going to talk a little bit about Matteo Genduzzi and the issues he is currently having at Marseille. Does this show us that Mikel Arteta was right to bomb him out? We'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll also uh, be touching on how we're going to cope with Granit Xhaka's injury. We're going to be talking about Ian McGarry's claims about how Mikel Arteta turned things around at the Emirates Stadium. And we're going to be quickly touching on an update regarding Miguel Aziz, who is, of course, currently on loan at Portsmouth. Big hello to everybody in the live chat. Hope you are all good. Hope you are all well. Um, I hope you're enjoying what probably looks like it's going to be the last bit of sunshine uh, we're going to get here in London uh, for the next uh, sort of few weeks. If you are based somewhere sunnier, somewhere hotter, then uh, I envy you. That is the truth. Uh, but big hello to everybody, wherever it is that you're joining us from. Um, I want to start off by saying a massive welcome uh, to Mr. Joe Kerr, who has signed up to become a YouTube member. If you'd like to do that, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description or clicking on the join button below the video if you are watching us on your computer. If you click on that, it will take you to the membership page. You can choose which tier of membership you'd like to sign up to, and we'd love to have you. You also get access, of course, to our Discord server, which is for members only. And there's always some great discussion, great debates uh, going on in there. And we've built a little bit of a family. So uh, great to see so many of you in there. And Joe, you are the latest addition to the Chronicles of Aguna family. So a big welcome to you. Right, I think there's only one place to start today, and that is with regards to Granite Xhaka. Now, as you can see from the headline across the bottom of your screens, Granite Xhaka has been ruled out until the new year. This is what the club had to say earlier on today. They said further to injuring his right knee during Sunday's match against Tottenham Hotspur. Assessments and scans have confirmed that Granite Xhaka suffered a significant injury to his medial knee ligament. A specialist consultation took place in London on Tuesday evening, which has determined that Granite does not require surgery. Granite's recovery and rehabilitation program will start immediately, and we are aiming for him to be back in action in approximately three months. Everyone at the club will now be supporting and working hard with Granite to get him back on the pitch as soon as possible. Now, one of the things I've taken issue with around this whole Granite Xhaka thing over the last kind of 24 hours since we kind of got that feeling that this was going to be a, a you know a, a bad injury. I think some of us, when we heard the initial sort of estimate yesterday, which was six to eight weeks, were thinking, actually, you know, it could be worse. Uh, but the fact that he's now going to be out for, you know, what could be 12 weeks is obviously is obviously a worry. It's obviously a concern. Um, 
I saw some Arsenal fans kind of making a bit of a laugh and joke about it, making a bit of a song and dance about it, because we know that Granit Xhaka is not the most popular figure at Arsenal among the wider fan base. And, and, and I really, really take issue with that. How can you call yourself an Arsenal fan if you are sitting there celebrating almost the fact that one of your first team players has picked up an injury this serious? How can you celebrate that? How can you be pleased by that? Can you try and look at it with a little bit of a silver lining and say, well, I do believe that Albert Sambi Laconga is the future of Arsenal. And therefore, although this is very unfortunate, very sad, very disappointing, the silver lining is that perhaps Laconga will get that game time that he needs to really step up a level. Yeah, maybe, you know, you can look at it that way and, and I don't have an issue with that. But to sit there and say, oh, I don't, I don't want him in the team anyway. Um you know, good. I'm glad he's out. I, I just think that's pathetic. And, and I'm ashamed that we, we have so-called fans within our fan base that make comments like that and that would celebrate something like this. Granite Xhaka, whether you like it or not, is a very, very important part of this squad. He was out for three games. He walked straight back into the side um, because Mikel Arteta trusts him and because Mikel Arteta felt he was the best man for the job. And he did not disappoint. I thought he did his job incredibly well. Was he Arsenal's best player at the weekend? No. Uh, no, I don't think he was. But he was good. He was solid. He did everything that the manager asked of him. And I talked about it a lot in a tactical analysis show that we put out yesterday. Actually, Granite Xhaka's positional discipline is, in my opinion, is what allows Thomas Partey to have games like he did at the weekend. Yes, Thomas Partey is a fantastic player, but you need that basis upon which you can then go and do what it is you want to do, whether that be step out of the midfield a little bit more aggressively when trying to make interceptions, whether that be be a little bit more aggressive in your forward runs. So I think that Granit Xhaka complements Thomas Partey very, very well. And look, we're in a place now where I think the fact that we didn't sign an experienced central midfielder in the summer um, could now bite us in the arse. I, I constantly was beating that drum throughout the summer. I kept saying, for me, that was one of the big priorities. We didn't do it. We kept Granit Xhaka, but we were always one injury away from having to take a huge risk. And and I think that Sambi Lakonga, and, and I hope I'm proven wrong, um, is in Mikel Arteta's mind at least, not quite ready yet to play every single week. I think some of his recent team selections have shown that he feels that way as well. And I think what you will probably see in certain fixtures, not every fixture, but I think what you will see quite a bit now is I think you'll probably see one of Emil Smith-Rowe or one of uh, Martin Odegaard play in a slightly deeper midfield position like they did against Burnley, uh, like they did a little bit against Manchester City, although that one went tits up. But I, I think that you're going to see that a lot more than Mikel Arteta throwing Sambi in every single week. And I don't know that, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that. But based on what I've seen of Mikel's selections in the last few weeks and how I think he values certain players and how he rates certain players, I imagine that there will be fixtures where Sambi plays and we do play that 4-2-3-1 alongside Thomas Partey. But I think there will be fixtures, especially at home, especially against some of the so-called weaker sides where we want to play a little bit more on the front foot. I do think you'll see Odegaard or Smith-Rowe drop into that slightly deeper role and, and Thomas Partey being the lone kind of um, defensive midfielder. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But look, you know, 
even if Lokonga was to get given the nod every single week, it just feels like we're one injury away again from from having a really bang average midfield because beyond Sambi Lokonga, and if Mikel is indeed thinking the way I think he's thinking, that he's not quite ready to play week in, week out from the start, then what are the alternatives? You know, you're looking at Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you're looking at Mohamed Elneny, two players who don't particularly inspire me in that position. And also there's that thing in the back of my mind that's constantly there about Thomas Partey. And can he stay fit? You know, it's, it's now imperative that he does. And based on the way he started this season and based on the way, um, you know, he, he, he sort of worked last season, you're kind of worried about that. And if we were to be without at any point Xhaka and Partey, you're looking at a very bang average, very inexperienced Arsenal midfield. And it's really, really frustrating that this injury has come about now when it feels as though we were starting to turn the corner. We picked up some really positive results. The Tottenham performance was as good as we've seen Arsenal play, probably under Mikel Arteta. And you just felt that we were kind of on that upward trajectory. And I'm not saying we're not, but then to be dealt a blow like this is, is frustrating. And it is a blow. Contrary to what some Arsenal fans out there will tell you, contrary to their opinions on, on Granit Xhaka and his limitations, losing one of our most experienced and key first-teamers is a huge, huge blow. And I'm really disappointed and I'm really concerned about how it is we are going to accommodate that now, between now and the new year. Because I, I, I'm not... 100% sure of this, but off the top of my head, I think it's probably about 16 Premier League games now that we're going to be without him for, which is a lot. You know, it, it, is, a, it is a lot. Um, so, yeah, that that's where I am on that. You know, really disappointed, really frustrated by it all. I've seen some people suggesting on social media that now is the time to go and sign Jack Wilshire because we are that little bit short in the centre of midfield. I'm not so sure he's the solution. But, yeah, um, you know, as I say, if if... For those of you that were with us during the summer, for those of you that were listening to the shows or watching the shows, you'd have heard me say it on multiple occasions. The fact that we haven't bought another experienced central midfielder in could come to bite us in the ass because we are, we were always just one injury away from from having to rely on kids and one injury away from having to rely on inexperience. And for me, you know, we talk a lot about this new core and this new team that we are building. But I think part of the reason why so many of those younger players thrived at the weekend was because for the first time in a while, the senior players, and when I say senior players, I'm talking about the Jackers, the Partes, the Aubameyangs, those guys stepped up and those guys pulled their weight and created the environment in which these youngsters could could really thrive. They also set the tone in terms of their work rate their their discipline so yeah um really really disappointed by this and, and it's impossible for me to kind of hide my emotion on that I know that that's an unpopular opinion I know that there are people out there who are delighted that Granit Xhaka is not in contention now to play at Brighton on Saturday for example but for me that there's no positive way of looking at this um you know could it prove in the long term to be something that was the making of Sambi Lakonga at Arsenal maybe but that's not a guarantee that is you know a hope a hope for a positive that might come out of the back of what is undoubtedly a massive negative so that's the latest on Granit Xhaka he's out until the new year he's expected to return to action in around about three months time just to recap no surgery is necessary uh, but he has suffered a injury 
uh, a significant injury is how the club have put it to his medial knee ligament. So we move on and we're going to talk about another midfielder, this time one who is currently owned by the club, but is currently out on loan with Marseille. And that is, of course, Matteo Genduzzi. Now, Matteo Genduzzi um, is a player who has caused a lot of back and forth amongst the fan base in the last sort of couple of years since Mikel Arteta has taken over the job. It's clear that the two don't see eye to eye. It's clear that Mikel Arteta has not uh, been best pleased with his attitude, with the way he conducts himself. They've obviously had words. Matteo Genduzzi was left out after that game at Brighton. Um, and it's it's kind of poetic, isn't it, that the weekend we're going to travel to Brighton, um, which was ultimately the game that Matteo Genduzzi got or saw his Arsenal career completely kind of dissipate, uh, is 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 on is on the horizon at a time where he's all obviously having problems now at Marseille. So what exactly has happened between Matteo Genduzzi and some of his teammates? Well, Genduzzi, you could visibly see, uh, had a bit of a clash with Gerson um, at Marseille uh, during their defeat to Lance at the weekend. Now, Gerson uh, didn't run enough in in Matteo Genduzzi's opinion. Uh, there are reports that a lot of the Marseille fans feel this way about Gerson, that he isn't somebody who warrants his place in the team. But Jorge Sampaoli picks him and it is what it is. Uh, but Matteo Genduzzi, after they conceded their second goal, took it upon himself to literally run up to Gerson and basically, um, <laughs> to put it in polite terms, told him, why the hell aren't you running? Like, when are you going to start running? Uh, was the quote that Lekeep have put out there uh, that Matteo Genduzzi apparently said. Now, listen, on the one hand, I don't have an issue with players calling out their teammates when they're not doing the basics, when they are not pulling their weight, when they are not uh, doing enough to help the team, when they are slacking in some way, shape or form. I actually like the fact that Matteo Genduzzi has the balls and the confidence to call some of that out. But for me, you don't do it in the middle of the pitch. You do it in the changing room. You do it away from prying eyes. You do it away from the crowd. You do it away from the TV cameras. Because for me, it just creates unhelpful narratives and unhelpful stories about the team spirit within the camp. Now, it is Matteo Genduzzi someone that wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yes. And when he first came to Arsenal Football Club, a lot of us were like, wow, you know, we haven't seen this in such a long time. But I think the way Zephyr puts this in the in the chat is, is the perfect way to describe uh, Matteo Genduzzi. And, and I think this is a spot on comment. This is I agree with this completely. He says Genduzzi is a passion merchant. Agreed. Completely agreed. And he thinks that if he is this passion merchant, if he does explode, if he does G up the crowd, if he does beat his chest, if he does go into hard tackles, if he does give off this impression of himself as this really committed and, and you know, this really committed footballer with a desire to get to the very top, that it covers some of his shortcomings. And he's got a lot of shortcomings. He's by no means a complete midfielder, Matteo Genduzzi. I don't think his passing's great. I don't think his positional play is great. I think when we were doing the podcast during his time at Arsenal under Unai Emery, we constantly highlighted that he was being positionally exposed in the sense of he was pulling out left and right because he was getting sucked into situations, getting letting his kind of heart take him to places that his head should have been telling him 
he, he can't go. And he didn't do that. You know, he, he never managed to curb that. He never managed to control that kind of emotional overload, which means that he then makes rash decisions. And look, if you're on a football pitch, if you're playing for Paris Saint-Germain and, and you don't run back and Lionel Messi comes and gives you a bollocking about what it is you've just done and, and your kind of lack of desire to work hard and put in the yards, you kind of look at it and you go, well, Lionel Messi's telling me, you know, maybe I disagree with him, but Lionel Messi has earned that right because he is a top, top footballer to come and tell me what I've done. Equally, though, Lionel Messi would not do that on the pitch. Lionel Messi would do it behind the scenes. Lionel Messi would do it in the changing room. Or you'd like to think that any top professional would see it that way. But Matteo Guendouzi isn't pulling up any trees. He isn't pulling up any trees at Marseille. He's been decent from what we've read. He scored a goal a couple of weeks ago and people were kind of overhyping that. He's done okay. He was okay at Hertha Berlin, nothing special. But when you look at the issues that Matteo Genduzzi keeps having, um, when it comes to kind of teammates and managers and his general relationship with his colleagues, you have to start to think, whether you agree with Mikel Arteta moving him out or not, that the Spaniard has a point. Because it happened at Arsenal, it happened at Hertha Berlin, two separate groups of people at Hertha Berlin commented on it. And now it's happening at Marseille. And just to add a little bit more into this whole kind of story and this whole kind of mixer, uh, there's some quotes from French journalist Roman Canuti, who said, there are a few players at Marseille who are struggling with Guendouzi. His way of walking, sorry, that's my bad handwriting. His way of working when he always blames others for things, when he falls to his knees in training, to implore God because a touch isn't good enough, it grates. Basically saying that Matteo Genduzzi's overreactions to certain things are starting to grate on the players, are starting to grate on those around him. And some have said that, you know, you have to read the whole article to get the whole context. And there is a lot of praise for Matteo Genduzzi in the, that particular article as well. So although I'm just giving you the quote, do, if you can, have a read of the full article. But this is something that we've seen time and time again, you know, time and time again. So there has to be an issue here. And listen, Inter says, you know, in response to my point about, you know, a top professional kind of having more of a right to do that, to go up to someone and berate them. He says, who's Mikel Arteta to tell anyone? Mikel Arteta is a manager and that is very, very different. It's your job as a manager to to coach people, to tell people what they're doing wrong, to give instructions, to provide criticism, constructive criticism. All of that is part of a manager's job. It ain't Matteo Genduzzi's job to get into Gerson and tell him what, tell him about himself and tell him what for. And if he does want to do that, you do it behind the scenes. That's how I see it. Um, I really do feel that way. And, and I think that as time goes on, and I've said this from the day that Matteo Genduzzi went out on loan the first time, as time goes on, you will all see that Matteo Genduzzi will not go on to have as good a career as his talent deserves because his attitude is not right, because his attitude is not right. And we've had ex-players who have played with him at Lorient on this podcast tell us that from a very, very young age, it was abundantly clear that despite his talent, Matteo Genduzzi would be held back 
by his attitude. So there we are. A uh, bit of other news. Uh, wanted to just touch on some comments from uh, Ian McGarry on the Transfer Window podcast. It's a really good podcast. Uh, the Transfer Window podcast, particularly good during the Transfer Window. Uh, but Ian McGarry has been talking about some information that he received with regards to what went down at Arsenal uh, after those first uh, defeats at the start of the season. Um, of those first three defeats and how Mikel Arteta has tried at least to kind of turn it around. Uh, he says um, that Mikel Arteta he held a clear the air meeting. And I just want to read you the quotes from Ian McGarry. Now, these stories always kind of emerge, don't they? When a team starts to, um, you know, starts to turn around its form or, or starts to improve. Ian McGarry said, our information is that Arteta took some quite dramatic steps with regards to remedying their poor form by inviting his whole squad and his senior players and players he relies upon to speak freely in a team meeting around two weeks ago to discuss what they thought was going wrong with their performances and indeed Arteta's own performance. That clear the air meeting was held and since then results have improved. In terms of Arteta himself, he clearly is someone who is very focused and extremely ambitious. He wants to succeed at Arsenal and is certainly not a quitter. Now, as I say, we always hear those stories, don't we, about clear the air meetings, about these dressing room exchanges that address all of the issues that people uh, feel exist. But the interesting part here is that, according to this information, Mikel Arteta asked the players to discuss what they thought was going wrong with not just their performances, but indeed his own. And I think this is really interesting because if this is true, then that kind of dispels the myth that Mikel Arteta is very arrogant, is very narrow-minded, does not listen to his players, only wants it his way or the highway. And, and I think that that's quite a refreshing story to hear, not because of the whole, you know, clear the air meeting, because as I say, we hear those things all the time. But the fact that he's supposedly asked the players to critique his own managerial performance shows that he's determined to turn it around, shows that he's determined to improve himself and uh, and shows that it's not just one voice uh, at the Arsenal at the moment. And look, fingers crossed, that improvement really, really does continue. Uh, elsewhere, I just wanted to touch on an update about Miguel Aziz. Now, of course, he's a player that impressed a lot of us during preseason and has obviously gone out on loan to Portsmouth in search of regular football. And unfortunately, Miguel Aziz has suffered a groin injury, according to the Portsmouth boss. It's a come as a blow for the 19-year-old who will definitely miss their upcoming fixture with Sunderland. Um, but it's not known just yet how long he'll be out for. So, um, yeah, big blow that for, for Miguel Aziz. He's gone there to play football and anything that kind of denies him doing that um, really does uh, really does feel like like rotten luck uh, on, on the 19-year-old's part. But we wish him a speedy recovery and we hope he gets back to full fitness so that he can get out there, get those minutes under his belt, hopefully improve and come, uh, come back to the Arsenal one day a much better player. Right, uh, that rounds up all the updates that I wanted to bring you. It rounds up all the, uh, the news that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, get a couple of your questions in. I've got around about six or seven minutes before I've got a dash, but I will take a couple of your questions. Uh, I will take some of your thoughts. Uh, Stephen Grant on the whole Gwendozi thing, he says, Gwendozi is insecure in himself 
which is why he kicks off. He isn't as good as many make out, agree. He just catches the eye because of his hair. Again, <laughs> to, to a degree, I agree with that. I do think that you notice a player like that, don't you, with that flopping hair kind of running about. So I do kind of get that to a degree. Uh, but he says he's a below average footballer, in my opinion. I think he's an average footballer. Um, but I don't think he's anything more than that. I think he had, I think he has a lot of the raw attributes that tell me he's got the potential to go on and be a very good and effective footballer. But unfortunately, his head ain't right. And we've seen that so many times over the years with really talented young men whose heads just ain't right. And 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 that prevents them reaching the the kind of the levels that they should and, and reaching at the levels that they could. And it's really, really disappointing um, that it seems like Matteo Genduzzi is heading that way. And, and I really believe he is. Uh, let's take a couple more of your questions and thoughts. Um, John Daly says, uh, with Xhaka out, African Cup of Nations puts us very short. I'm starting to panic. Yeah, of course, because Thomas Partey and Mohamed Elneny uh, are both going to be uh, or likely to be at least for from what we can tell now, participating in that competition. And it does leave us short. I guess the only saving grace is that when the January window opens, we may be able to add someone uh, to hopefully put that right. But it is it is a big issue. And you'd hope by then uh, that Granite Jacker will be at least close to returning. But look, with an injury like this, with a, a medial knee ligament injury, you've got to accept that even if Granite Jacker is past fit to play by the medics, it might take him a bit of time to get up to the level that he needs to be at to get him back up to speed. So, yeah, I, I think you're right to panic, John. And again, just re-emphasizing the point I made earlier on, it's why I've been incredibly frustrated uh, by the fact that we didn't bring in another central midfielder. There was a lot of talk about different positions, and I agree all of those positions needed addressing. But this one for me was a real standout one because we were only ever one injury away from this. Um, and, and it's worrying. Uh, lots of similar kind of questions that uh, Halo questioning how Arsenal will cope without Xhaka for over three months. He says Arsenal are not very strong in the midfield as it is. Uh, Sport Genius says, um, Harry, we need that type of intensity from Guendouzi. I'm tired of our team being soft. Guendouzi would give them a kick in the you-know-what. See, I think we did see that intensity from Arsenal at the weekend. And I think now we're getting that accountability in those players that do G people up and go around the pitch and make noise and are very vocal, but we're getting it in a different way. And I think we're getting it in a more positive way, in a more respectful way that people's, that your teammates are more likely to respond to. Aaron Ramsdale is, is, is the perfect example of someone with that, with that desire to win, with that hunger, with that real personality and character who doesn't cross the line in terms of disrespecting his teammates. And I think you've seen his teammates respond to that. I think that Martin Odegaard has been uh, a very vocal leader. Although you don't think it to look at him, he definitely has brought that to the table. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you know, we know he's not captain material in some people's eyes in terms of the way he communicates. But if he plays like he did at the weekend and leads by example, that's enough. And, and this is what I'm saying, you know... This squad has undergone a major overhaul and we've brought in six players. That's that's more than 50% of a team. We've brought in six players to come in and change things. We've bought, we've let players go 
And we're now in a place where the dynamic of the squad is very, very different. And I think you can get all of those things that you're talking about, Gwenduzi, bringing to the table in a very different and a more positive way and a more productive way. And I think we'll get that now. Um, I really do. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Junior Gunner uh, says, Gwenduzi has the Nasri attitude, but half the talent completely agree. Um, Samir Nasri, I, I didn't like the way he left the club and, and I was really disappointed with the way he handled himself later on, but there's no denying his talent. Can't say the same about Matteo Gwenduzi, though, to be honest. Um, Don Saki says, uh, Gwenduzi didn't disrespect his teammates. I think pissing them all off in training by throwing your arms in the air and getting down on your knees and praying to God every time someone miscontrols a ball is is quite irritating. I think running over to one of your teammates to berate him um, in the middle of a match where the whole world is watching is is pretty damn disrespectful. So, Don, I, I respectfully disagree uh, with, with that comment, I have to say. Uh, let's see what else... Um, we've got here um halo mateus says uh, who at arsenal in the midfield is likely to shine in the absence of Xhaka? we talked about this quite a bit at length and look I i'm not sure that mikel will just say get sambi in and sambi you're just Xhaka's replacement and it's as simple as that i think you'll at times as i've said already i think you'll see ESR or Odegaard drop into slightly deeper roles. I think at times you will see Lekonga play. I think it'll be dependent on the game plan, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I I, I I don't really know, but I think it's a big opportunity for Lekonga. But equally, it's an opportunity for Maitland-Niles to stake a, a case in the team because he's got way more Premier League experience than Sambi. I'm not sure that Maitland-Niles is the man and, Personally, I'd prefer to see Lekonga play, but it's an, it's opened the door for Maitland-Niles. It's opened the door for El Nenny. That position is very much up for grabs now. And uh, we've got to see we've got to see how it goes. Uh, right. I am going to leave it there because I've got an appointment uh, that I need to take my uh, my little girl to. But we will be back uh, later on uh, at some point. We'll be back after the Champions League games, in fact, and we'll be touching uh, a little bit on some of those as well. So a bit more of an open discussion later tonight. And we'll spend a lot more time taking your questions and thoughts uh, on that show. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't already. In fact, let's check in where we are in terms of likes, because I can see there are currently over 200 of you watching us across the multiple platforms. We've only got 44 likes on the board, though, guys. Let's try and get that at least uh, up to uh, 75, possibly even 100. So like, 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 you know the drill. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening to us via the audio platforms, please leave us a review. That really, really helps. And uh, we'll be back later on with some more Arsenal and football-related content. Until then, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.